for the next seven years, however long Doug Gilmore was in the NHL, for the next seven years, whenever I played against a team that he played against, he would lip me and slash me, and I could never get it. I just jumped out into the crowd and started running towards them. So as I got the puck, all of a sudden I got rolled over. Here's Kretzky at the line. Oh, he hit. Kretzky really bounced by McCreary and he is hurt. It was his last shift in the NHL. <laughs> Never played really? again. Don't you ever let that bird stand in your crease. If he's there, you run him the f- over. He was oh. a beauty. I'm James Duffy, and this is Beauties, Hockey's Greatest Untold Stories, the podcast based on the book of the same name, which is now available. We're not going to share all of the book's stories on the pod, just a few. Today's tale, The Accidental Taunter. Mike Johnson is a nice guy. It's hard not to like him. In his 12 years in the NHL, he accumulates a grand total of two fights, Luke Richardson when MJ is with the Leafs, and Wade Redden, when he's with the Coyotes. Now we're going to have a fight. Wade Redden and Mike Johnson. They're spinning each other around. But somehow MJ manages to antagonize two other opponents into wanting to kill him. Not just for one shift or one game, but for years. Both the results, as in every good 70s sitcom plot, of a misunderstanding. You see, MJ is the accidental taunter. Accident one. The bonus celly. Early on in my career, my second year in Toronto, Toronto kind of revamped a lot of their roster and they be, club policy became no individual bonuses. So everyone was on these team bonuses, this team bonus plan, which was pretty loosely operated in that it was kind of a cash business. So our team did well that year. So every five game segment, we had about eight or 10 different categories and whether it was goals against or power play, penalty kill, whatever it was, if you got that that category, you got 500 bucks or 1000 bucks or whatever it was. So every couple of weeks, guys were getting cash in their lockers. Is this legal? <laughs> I'm not sure. It is before the cap, There right? was no cap, so there wasn't a... I don't think the CBA, I'm sure the tax... I'm hoping the statute of limitations on the taxes uh, are, are gone because every couple of weeks, guys were getting multiple thousands of dollars in their lockers. And I was one of two players on the team who, because I was still on my entry-level contract, I didn't get them. I was still on personal bonus, individual bonuses. So every two weeks, guys would come around, they'd be slapping their their envelopes full of cash, brownies in my face, and I'm like, oh my God, oh my, this is painful. The only cure for the painful medical condition known as bonus envy is to get your own bonus. MJ happens to have one bonus clause in his contract that says he'll earn an extra $100,000 if he scores 20 goals that season. So I was chipping away, chipping away, and I was going to get it. I was at 19. There was 15 games left. I say that, I ended up with 20, so maybe not so much, but <laughs> we're playing Tampa. Tampa's terrible back then. We're crushing them. It's 4-1, it's 5-1, it's the second period. So I get dropped. You're looking at you're looking oh, to get that. Oh, it's goal. like I'm I'm milking shifts at the end of games for empty nets. Anything that gets I don't even want the 20 goals because I want to hit 20. I want it because I want my bonus, because I'm out like 50 grand. So I uh, I get a drop pass, greasy wrister, sneak it under the arm of their now backup goalie, Corey Schwab, I think was in net for my 20th. 
for a 6-1 lead in the second period. We're in second place there in last place. And I swear, like, if I was Tiger Williams, I would have rolled my stick. Like, I'm pumpernickel. I'm riding out to center ice. I'm jumping the glass. I'm freaking out. Teammates can't catch up to me. I'm like I'm in the World Juniors and just want a gold medal. I want to jump in the bench. I get back to the bench, and all I can think of as soon as I get is like, that's my bonus. That's my bonus. That's all I get. I got the bonus. I get back to the bench, and multiple teammates look at me and like, that's a little much. <laughs> that was... That was a bit excessive. <laughs> and, and I was so excited. I'm like, nah, bonus, man. I got a bonus. Like, it's 6-1. You probably, I'm like, nah, it's a bonus. You know, you got cat. They, they could not appreciate my excitement. So, um, Who was your coach? Uh, Pat Quinn. Did he say anything? He didn't say anything. Um, not to me. I'm sure under his breath, he might have uttered, what the hell is this kid doing? But then when I explained to the guys, I'm like, guys, I think it was $100,000. So I'm like, hey. And they're like, oh, okay, fair enough. They kind of understood. But one of MJ's opponents that night does not understand. At all. Lightning captain Chris Gratton has no idea the babyface kid on the Leafs has just earned a hundred grand. In Gratton's mind, he's a cocky a-hole breaking an unwritten rule of the NHL. Don't embarrass the other team by over-celebrating a meaningless goal in the second period of a blowout. For the next year, I think until I got basically got traded to Tampa, maybe a year or whatever it was, a year, about a year we played three or four more times, Chris Gratton, their captain at the time, who I ended up becoming quite good friends with, he chased me around every game I played Tampa, slashing me and hacking me and cross-checking me and mother me the whole time. And I'm like, Gratz, what are you doing? And he'd say, that's 6-1 celebration. Don't you ever embarrass our team like that and celebrate it. That's a joke. You're an embarrassment. And he slashed me again. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, but you don't understand. There's this whole bonus dynamic. Did I, you actually try to explain I, it to him on the ice? I did. I'm like, it's for a bonus. You know how it is. You know? And he's like, I don't care. And he'd slash me again. The next year, Johnson gets traded to Tampa. The hockey gods are clever pranksters. Now, when you ended up in Tampa, was that one of the first things you thought of, that I'm going to have to talk to Gratz? Yes, absolutely. When I got traded there, I thought, I'm probably going to have to explain this because he's the captain. He clearly hates the way I play at the very least. Uh, so I'm going to have to probably go clear the air. And sure enough, one of the first meals we went out to, we fleshed it out, this story. And he has no, you know, he recollected just kind of being mad at me for this goal. And like, I was a, I was a about it, but... Not so much why. So and then once he understood the entire situation, he was a little bit more understanding. So there is, there is, life went on in Tampa. Accident two, the unintentional Selly. Early in MJ's 20-goal bonus Selly season, the Maple Leafs are playing a game in Chicago. Much like the Lightning that year, the Blackhawks are awful and the Leafs are destroying them. It's 9-3 late in the third and the Hawks are angry. They start running around, taking dumb penalties. Bob Probert gets called for cross-checking. Doug Smolik goes off for roughing. Toronto has a five-on-three with less than two minutes left. It's a blowout, so Pat Quinn is just rolling the lines, and they put MJ's line out there. Derek King, Alan McCauley, and MJ. Puck gets turned over, one of their defensemen hits the ref. It's like a four-on-one. <laughs> I get the pass, and I shovel towards the net. It bounces off a stick. It goes in to make it 9-1. And as I'm scoring, Eric Weinrich tries to lift my stick and misses and gets up near my face. So in a reactionary self-defense move, I lift my hands to my face to protect him from hitting it. It looks like I've got my stick in the air, give it a fist bump over my head. 
<laughs> and I swear, this one I'm innocent. You're, it was, not, you're not rewriting history with I, this story? <laughs> I was just like, ah, putting my face up to protect my hands. And didn't think anything of it. Didn't think anything of it. Because I wasn't even excited. Like, even I know <laughs> I'm not supposed to do that. And that was for my 10th school of the year. There's nothing riding on that one. He's just protecting himself. But it doesn't look that way, at least to one guy. For the next seven years, however long Doug Gilmore was in the NHL, and I did charity events with Doug Gilmore, I did bumping him around Toronto, golf tournaments, whatever it was. For the next seven years, whenever I played against a team that he played against, he would lip me and slash me, and I could never get it because I, I, you know, I would hit him if I had to. But I'm, I, I'm not a guy who would, ins- you know, inspire a, a strong exactly physical a, response. Yeah, not an agitator. I'm not stirring anything up. I just want people to leave everyone alone. It isn't until Gilmore retires and MJ ends up living in his old house in Montreal that the two finally have a conversation. It goes something like this. He very calmly said, "You're not a bad guy." <laughs> And I didn't know if I should be pleased or offended that Doug Gilmore, a guy I look up to growing up in Toronto, I'm like, oh, thanks. Did you, why is that, why is that news? Like, why wouldn't you think that all the time? He's like, because when we played against you in Chicago, and I don't, I'm like, in 99? It's like 2007. <laughs> he held it, held the grudge for over half a decade. It's like, yeah, we were playing Chicago, you have this five on three goal, what a f- joke celebrating on a ninth goal and a five on three that's embarrassing it's a joke i hate it i want to kick your ass every game i'm like really killer had carried the grudge around in his mental hockey bag for almost a decade so as he did with gratton mj tries to explain what really happened with weinrich and the self-defense move he was less believing than gratton he's kind of like i don't think so no you had your hands i'm like if I could grab the tape online, I'd bring it up for you right now. Because, like, I, I, I swear, I didn't even smile. I was just put my hands like, oh, I just saw you had your hands in the air. It's a joke. It's a, I'm like, I swear. Anyways, yeah. So I don't, he, Dougie was less believing of my innocence than, uh, than Chris Gratton. MJ still hasn't shown Gilmore the tape. Killer does move on. Eventually. Those two incidents, one was my fault, one I was completely innocent of. But both, uh had a strong reaction by veteran guys for years about wanting to get me for celebrating inappropriately. Note, if anyone has possession of or can locate conclusive video evidence that Mike Johnson's arms were raised by Eric Weinrich on a 10-3 goal in 1998, you can blow this case wide open and give an innocent man his freedom. There will be no reward. MJ does not give away his bonuses. Yeah, fine, please find the tape. I want to be exonerated of the charges in Chicago, completely guilty of the charges against Tampa. Beauties is written by me, James Duffy, and produced by Christoph Mamona with the support of TSN and Bell Media. The book Beauties is available wherever you get your books. I think you'll like it. And don't forget to listen to our after show, Rubber Beauties, with the cast of the Rubber Boots podcast. You can find it where you find the Rubber Boots Pod. Beauties. They call them beauties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They play that game their own way. Cause they're beauties.